Welcome to season two of my podcast, Rap Theology. My name is Ebony Janice. I am your host and your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Listen, the lyric in my spirit is so appropriate for the fact that it is just now season two. And the lyric in my spirit is, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step two, step two, step two, step two, step two, step two. Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. And I just, and I feel, I feel ashamed of myself for that Vicky, Vicky, but it's appropriate. It's a part of the lyrics. Like you got to include it. Listen, I, I'm a black woman and I'm really working hard on my giving myself permission to take a break, to rest, to not always be in production mode. But I felt so much guilt about the fact that you had to spend all this time missing your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. So I'm back. And I feel like I'm back at such an appropriate time because today's topic is, uh, go ahead and let me give you a trigger warning. I'm going to cuss a lot in this episode, but not because I just be cussing, even though mama, sometimes I do be cussing. Um, because the topic of this episode is a song called fuck nigga by T.I. And, um, I'm talking a bit about cancel culture in this episode, and I'm also talking a bit about our moral obligation to each other and the way that hip hop deals with all of that. And what I think is a very brilliant way and um, and hopefully you know, I'm having a lot of conversations about hip hop as the language of the Afro future. So hopefully what hip hop is saying right now about our capacity to forgive and, and maybe even forget and our capacity to like also call each other out when we are being ashy. I think that um, hip hop could definitely be a guide for what that looks like, even as it pertains to, like I said, this topic is a little bit about cancel culture. So Let's get into these lyrics. <laughs> Basically, T.I. wrote this song after Floyd Mayweather was stopped by TMZ reporters um, going inside of a Gucci store after Gucci had been being called out by several people in the black community um, and in the fashion industry about this black um, turtleneck situation that they had on their line with um that came up over the face and these big, huge red lips. And the the criticism of Gucci was that the sweater was racist, that it was um, problematic because it was uh, suggesting, it, it's suggestive of like um, blackface, Sambo, these uh, characters that have always been used to degrade and dehumanize black people in the past. And so many different um, fashion lines have fallen um, pray to this, right? Like they're using these kinds of images in their so-called art, um, in their fashion to really cite, you know, cause hysteria, right? Like if you, it's because what is, what is noted is that there's no bad press, all press is good press. So what happens a lot of times is it's so sensational that everybody's talking about it. All they have to do is release, uh, an apology and then people will go back to business as usual and or everyone is so sensational that everybody's talking about it. And then ultimately, you know, black people, or you know, and people of color or people that have been offended or harmed by these um, actions of these major corporations really just learn 
or, you know, learn for the first time or or realize actually for the first time that these companies have no intention of marketing really to your demographic in the first place. So whether or not you wear their clothes doesn't necessarily matter to them. And um, sometimes it can be a way for them to take their image back away from blackness, especially because a lot of these major lines, hip hop has been a huge influence in bringing young black people in um, young urban communities and um, young un, uh, unrecognized or unrepresented communities into even the knowing of these um, brands. So that's some backstory of why this song happened. Um, Floyd, Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather is going into this Gucci store and they ask him, you know, are you not participating in the boycott? And he basically is like, no, I spend my money where I want to spend my money. I don't really care about your little funky boycott. This ain't a quote, but basically this is a quote. So um, T.I. wrote this song. It's called Fuck Nigga. Ooh, I feel some kind of way about saying that. I don't what I do because, you know, I got a mama, <laughs> but um, wrote this song and and the and the chorus. Let's just go to the chorus just says, damn, it must suck to be a fuck nigga. Oh, greedy ass nigga only thinking about himself. They get the fame, then get the wealth. But people are struggling. Who did you help? People are struggling. Who did you help? Who did you help? Fuck nigga. <laughs> I really love this song. <laughs> I. I will get into it a little bit later why I love this song so much. But for the obvious reasons, like, you're just going to make a whole song the day after this, you know, comes out, this interview comes out, a whole song. Like, like just went into the studio like, ooh, I had this prepared. I would, just, I just been waiting for this opportunity. And so I say that, I want to include that. I say that because there is some history with T.I. and Floyd Mayweather. They have had bad blood in the past. There was some insinuations of a potential relationship or a possible relationship um, at some point with Floyd Mayweather and T.I.'s wife. And that has been um, both of the both Floyd Mayweather and um, Tiny, T.I.'s wife, have said that that wasn't the case. This ain't this is not a gossip podcast for the record. I'm giving some context because I also want to talk about cancel culture. I want to talk about T.I.'s responsibility to this message. Um, I want to talk about the criticism, in fact, of T.I. being the one to bring this message. And so that's why I'm giving the context like they do have bad blood. So there is there is um necessary criticism of T.I. being the one bringing this message because for for several reasons T.I. in the past has um first of all let me let me say that I'm actually a fan of T.I. but I I have criticism of him as well because of his Iggy Azalea phase right like T.I. was out here in these streets championing this white woman who is very fraudulent and has no business being respected or regarded by anybody in hip-hop especially not someone who considers himself the king of the south and I I would consider him some him one of the kings of um, southern rap and um, of trap music, and um, I have so much respect for his music, and am a fan. Like that's on record for years that I'm a fan of Ti, but I but I definitely have criticism for that season of his career because that's a big fat no. And um, so, so I want to, I want to definitely say that, and I'm, and I'm bringing that up in this conversation again about critiquing Ti because one thing that I find in activist spaces, particularly in feminist spaces, is that we have, um, 
we by we I mean y'all because I don't identify as a feminist but there is there's so much criticism of people to the point that they never of people's past to the point that they never get the opportunity to redeem themselves and so I want to call that out that I think that T.I. was extremely ashy for that particular season of his life um but also, I do think that there is the capacity and the possibility and the potential to be redeemed from something that was just a big no and had me turn off my radio at some point when it came to T.I. And that is with maturity, with growth, with further uh exploration of his intentions right like I think that you do get the chance to grow up and I I say this about cancel culture because y'all I'm your problematic fave just let's go ahead and go on record about the fact that I have a hotep season it exists y'all it's like it's probably out there somewhere you can find it if at some point I blow up and I'm popping and somebody start go going to search through my tweets surprise you gonna find something because I was a hotep full-blown like I was a hotep I am certain that you don't even have to search for for 10 years to find me saying something super saved super christian right there at homophobic right right there at transphobic and um, i may be being a little exaggerative because i also got some sense so i'm not necessarily the most public person um about saying things about other people but you you ain't gotta that existed period and i don't i don't feel no shame about saying that because i'm a black girl who grew up in the baptist church right like obviously my upbringing caused me to have some beliefs that are not my beliefs on today so I the reason why I believe that people are redeemable is because I have been redeemed right like I'm grateful that God has given me the opportunity to come back from some of the ashiest things that I've ever said or done or believed or thought and um so I do believe right like those are those are too extreme like I'm talking about T.I. being redeemed from championing a white woman in hip-hop and me and homophobia but really isn't it the same I, I don't God ain't got no greater sin both of us was wrong and, and to God both of us was the same level of wrong right I'm I'm being funny but also not but I am but also I'm not but I am but I'm being serious but I'm not but I am so but I'm not but I am so yeah so y'all know left to my own devices I keep going for a little bit longer with that but I'm not but I am so yeah so I so I want to talk about like my criticism of TI and also my which I feel is constructive because I can't you know, celebrate T.I. calling out somebody else without acknowledging that there are places where T.I. has been super ashy. And also there is there is context, you know, that should be told for anybody that doesn't know that T.I. already didn't like Floyd Mayweather. So it wasn't even uh, a really big leap for him to jump himself into that studio to write this song or to make this song or the song could have already just existed for years. And he was like, now's the time. Gotcha. Um, and they also had some type of physical altercation at some point as well. So that's some context. Also, I wanted to call out cancel culture because I think that um, there has there has been some very valid criticism um, of T.I. being the one to deliver this message because of his history with Floyd Mayweather. And I am calling out his history of um, being problematic where it pertain- as it pertains to um, championing and like really celebrating and taking up for this white woman, particularly at some point there 
there is a back and forth exchange between Iggy Azalea and Azalea Banks. And T.I. was just Team Iggy. And I think anytime you show up to Superman, um, I was about to say Superman now, because Soldier Boy is in my spirit. But no, to, to super to be Superman, to be a superhero for a white woman over a black woman, particularly in hip hop, particularly a white woman who has stolen all of her like her her cadence, everything is just, you know, on the backs of black women and black people. That's problematic AF. And so I gotta call you out about that. But I do think that there is you know, that redemption is possible. And I have seen T.I. over the last several years, especially put more emphasis on talking about, um, you know, the community and talking about blackness and talking about um, growing and talking about, you know, uh, elevation. And I think that that is that there is no perfect person. And so I can at the very least appreciate him trying to come back to some type of space where I don't have to like turn the radio down when he come on. So I'm grateful for that because I am a fan of T.I. Um, then the verse goes on to say, uh, I ain't made as much as you have. Purses you grab could feed some countries out in Africa. You just go buy a Lambo Bugatti or something else that depreciate when you drive it off the lot. Um, and holla, and holla fuck it, but fuck it. I'll change the subject. Ooh, it's a lot of cussing. Jesus. Yeah, so he goes on really, it's really just a whole conversation that he's having with, um, Floyd Mayweather in this in this song and he even calls out right like selfish just make you a target for robbery made made the equivalent of hitting the lottery the, the lottery um how many properties did you how many properties did you donate to the people in poverty man I bet if any it's not enough probably <laughs> I love that lyric like it's not enough probably <laughs> that blessed me so much I'm I'm really not about to go through all these lyrics but I just wanted to say some of that because I feel like um it's definitely worth a listen it actually is a really good song it's it's one of my favorite dis uh just like overall comprehensive diss records in a long time because really you just gonna go line by line precept by precept and tell this man you're you're trifling your people need you um he calls him out for being from michigan calls floyd mayweather out for being from michigan and the fact that he has enough money to ultimately solve the flint crisis um i appreciate the fact that ti talks about missing black women and we don't know where they are and what your responsibility is to go and talk to you know government talk to people you know use your influence to change and so i really appreciate this message i wanted to talk about some of the criticism of the messenger and also to the the point of this conversation is what is the moral obligation of people in hip-hop of rappers of these stars of people who are being um uh, are, that are a part of hip-hop culture what is their moral obligation to the community that that is my overall question I have my own thoughts about that, but I would love to hear what y'all think. You can definitely tweet me at Ebony Janice. You know, Janice looks like Janice, but it's Janice, um, J-A-N-I-C-E, E-B-O-N-Y-J-A-N-I-C-E. And or, you know, comment on the latest um, Rap Theology post on my Instagram stories after you um, listen to this episode or send me an email. It ain't hard to find me. I'm at ebonygenice.com. It's contact forms. It's all kinds of email addresses, you know, for me accessible. But I would love to get your feedback about what do you personally think is the moral obligation of people with wealth in general, but particularly 
from this hip hop perspective because it comes from such humble beginnings. What do you think is the more and so many people that are making money in hip hop come from such humble beginnings from from poverty, you know what I'm saying, humble from poverty. And um you know, what is their moral obligation to to give money to support people once they have money? So that's my question. I will give my thoughts on that. And I'm thinking about, right, like this is rap theology. This is my hip hop womanist, you know, perspective and and my thoughts on um, hip hop and hip hop culture from this hip hop womanist perspective. And so I, I want to say, you know, James 3 and, 15, and 14 and 15 says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambitions in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heavenly, but it is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. And y'all know I love the word demonic. <laughs> I really love to just be like, that's demonic. But I love being able to acknowledge, particularly from this scripture, um, from this context, from scripture, I love being able to say, being selfish and you got enough money to literally feed some whole countries is demonic there is nothing godly about that and and it doesn't it doesn't help anybody particularly not you it it makes us all look to you and see that there is something there's something missing there there's something going on and that could be a harsh criticism that could be a harsh judgment for somebody because you don't know somebody you don't know what they're doing um in the in their private you don't know what they're giving you don't know what their you know their actual tides are like you don't know but here we have Floyd Mayweather making us be crystal what clear <laughs> that he may actually be what T.I. is saying a fuck nigga. There is an interview on record of Floyd, Maywe- Floyd Mayweather saying, um, people say, well, this is a quote, people say, well, he got all this money. Why is he not giving to Africa? Well, what has Africa given to us? What has Africa came and gave to my children and to my family? Things work two ways. Kind sir, dear sir, let me tap this little microphone. Is this on? Sir, that is stupid. <laughs> I feel like I I was about to be super ableist and say that is dumb, but I but I get why that is inappropriate to call somebody that's somebody's ignorance dumb. But sir, in the in the uh hip hop lexicon in in the way that we use the word dumb. And I don't even mean D-U-M-B. I mean, that is D-U-M-N. <laughs> Dumb. Oh, that is stupid. Sir, have you read any books? Have, do you, have you ever, did you pay attention in history? What does, what, what, what does Africa have to give to you, sir? You are a, a hundred plus millionaire. What, what, what does Africa owe you? What? What, what I I don't I feel like I can't even form actual intellectual response to something that ignorant, and that's disappointing. Um, he goes on to say, "I never got involved in the sport of boxing to say I'm going to fight and make hundreds of millions millions of dollars and just give it all away. If I will mess off my money in a bad way, mess. We're talking about charity right now. He says, mess off my money in a bad way. I'm going to spend it on myself. I'm going to do what I want to do with my money. I ain't mad at that." 
But then he says, you hear people talking about, well, he should donate to this, donate to that. No, I should donate to Floyd Mayweather. Donate to Floyd Mayweather's family because that's what it's about. Okay. Floyd Mayweather is worth $170 million. He has a charity called the Floyd Mayweather Jr. Foundation. And the foundation declares that it helps underprivileged youth in Los Angeles, Nevada. And I think that that is a worthy cause because, or I said Los Angeles, did I say Los Angeles or Las Vegas? In Las Vegas, Nevada. I think that that is a worthy cause. People talk a lot about Vegas as this, you know, like it seems like this very fun place that you go. It's a lot of money there, da, 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 whatever. But really the rest of Vegas outside of the strip, you know, even the strip, you know, it it's actually dirty and it's it could be very poor. Like there are a lot of poor people there. So I'm not mad about Floyd Mayweather helping poor people in Las Vegas. Floyd Mayweather is worth one hundred and seventy million dollars. If you believe for one minute that Floyd Mayweather is giving even even one percentage, one genuine percentage of that wealth that that he could never do anything ever again and and still him and his family for generations could be good with one hundred and seventy million dollars to to say if I'm going to mess off my money in a bad way in reference to giving to charity is so I'm just I'm just profoundly disappointed in that type of mentality, particularly from somebody who is from poverty and know what it means to just get a chance. And I think that it is our it is it is our moral obligation just in general, but particularly from this hip hop woman's perspective, it is absolutely hip hop's responsibility to be wise, of course, save money, set your children and your grandchildren up, but understand that that no person actually um actually is going to die if they even gave away 10%, right? Like like the basic 10% of tithing your your wealth. To, you know, to let's say you don't go to church, so you don't necessarily believe in tithing. So let, letting your tithe, letting that 10th be to a charity, letting that 10th be, right? Like it's it it is so possible to to live off of that in a very lavish way if if you are making if you are worth not making you are worth one hundred and seventy million dollars, um. So that's disappointing. I I do think that it is our moral obligation within this um, within this community to be conscious of the ways that we talk about money, and um and the ways that we support capitalism. And I do I'm not somebody. Meek Mill says um. Rule number one, never count your partner's pockets thinking you deserve it. And I think he said never count your niggas partners thinking you deserve it. Pockets thinking you deserve it. But we're going to say partner because I done cussed a lot already. So I'm going to keep my niggas to a minimum <laughs> while adding another nigga to the conversation. There's two. Um, Yeah, I, I think that is a thing. I'm never counting somebody's pockets. I'm never telling somebody, oh, I know you got X amount of money and this is what you do with it. Because I don't know that for a fact. I don't. Just like nobody knows how much money I got over here and or don't have over here. And nobody knows what I do with my money. And um, and I kind of like it like that. But 
I do think to make public statements that you don't care, you're going to do what you want to do with your money. You see that people, particularly young people who look up to you, are out here trying to make a difference with their voices and to to use your platform to, to not just say, no, I'm not participating, but also to discredit it is very unfortunate. And I don't think that's acceptable. I will, however, say, and I did this um, Bible study with Wu-Tang, um, Cash Rules, Everything Around Me, Cream, Get the Money, Dollar Dollar Bill, y'all. And I talk about the fact that Wu-Tang didn't make it that way, right? Like, we have a lot of criticism for hip-hop and um, and those participating in hip-hop and their relationship with capitalism. But hip-hop didn't make it that way, right? Like, we are a part of a system that already existed and is exploited. Like it, and often people in hip-hop are exploited in this capitalist system. So I'm not blaming hip-hop for participating in a system that it did not create. I'm not blaming people in hip-hop for participating in a system that they have been brainwashed and taught to aspire for, you know, towards, right? Like, I'm not blaming hip-hop for that. Cash rules everything around me. Wu-Tang did not make that up. They're just talking about the experience of living in a capitalist society, Um so so there's that. So I'm not even blaming Floyd Mayweather for this mentality. But what I am calling him out for is for uh, for getting to this place, coming from coming from such a um, impoverished experience, getting to this place and not at the very least using his platform to say, well, I have decided that I'm not participating in the Gucci boycott for xyz reasons however i support people who um who have been offended who have been hurt by this and so i do think that it is our moral obligation that even if we disagree with what our brothers and sisters are doing that we still maintain you know maintain some type of unified um position in that right like that may not be my current experience but i'm not going to discredit other people's um but response or other people's experience and, I, and a part of me feels like that's ultimately where ti is coming from with this song like dang it must suck to be a fuck nigga like like oh greedy ass nigga only thinking about itself that is it you're only thinking about you when you say not only am i not participating in this boy got boycott but also this is dumb you know what i'm saying and um and that is where i think it becomes problematic so i could go on and on and on till the break of dawn <laughs> about my thoughts on Floyd Mayweather, my thoughts on um, the ethics or our moral obligation to giving and supporting one another, particularly from this hip hop perspective, because if we don't recycle our dollars to one another, who's coming? Who's coming to give us the dollars? Nobody's coming to give us the dollars. The only thing people are coming to do is to take our culture and profit from it, but they're not going to um, appropriately, you know, uh, disperse that money back to the people who des- who are deserving of it. They're going to take um you know finger waves and gel down baby hairs and um waterfalls, you know, and crimps <laughs> and they're going to give Kim Kardashian credit for it. So, if 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 nothing else, it is our obligation to ourselves and to each other that we at the very least lift lift each other in moments even if i disagree with my brother and sister i'm not about to tear you down to the point that i can't that i allow other people to feel like that's appropriate i'm gonna say i don't agree with that 
Um, that's not necessarily my stance on it. However, I appreciate anybody who's trying to fight for, you know, equality. I appreciate, appreciate anybody who's trying to bring attention to, you know, unfortunate, um, you know, messaging that impacts our children and their, and their thoughts about themselves and, and our future, right? Like I, I can appreciate that even if I'm not necessarily participating in that. And so I do think that it is our obligation to um, support one another in that regard. And also it is our obligation to make sure that we are recycling black dollars within the black community, which is a whole rap theology, a completely, you know, different rap theology for another day. But that's me on this topic. Listen, I know that it took me a long time to get back to season two. And also I know that, uh, the season, season one kind of ended at like an uneven number, which I don't love. I don't like uneven numbers. I'm a Capricorn. Something in me is just always like, uh, we gonna end on, I even, I I do that even with the volume. Like if I'm turning the volume up, I'll be like the volume's on 17, turn it up to 18. But no, I needed to end 2018 and I just needed it to end. So <laughs> there's that. But I'm back like the jump off. Uh, no, I'm not. But I'm back. Y'all, I I want to get to the um, self-care share. Uh, I'm skipping Cypher for this episode, even though I have asked you a question that could be included in Cypher. To ask that question, definitely reach out to me with your your thoughts on, you know, what is our actual ethical or moral responsibility, um, particularly within a capitalist society. And then, um, but my self-care share is, I another lyric that was in my spirit is Sierra's body party. Like I legit woke up one day last week just singing, my body is your party baby y'all I am such an incredible singer thanks thanks for your kind affirmation woke up singing that song and I thought about the fact that one of my rituals um particularly as a single woman it um that I am a woman hey emphasis on the fact that I'm a woman so I am a single woman y'all know I be out here accidentally participating in in this celibate culture to the extreme because my own personal truth system is my own personal truth system this is not my judgment this is my personal truth system I cannot do the booty unless I am in a seriously committed relationship and since I have not been in a seriously committed relationship since you were seven years old yes it's been that long I know you're 35 you were seven the last time I was in a seriously committed relationship yeah so I ain't been doing the booty. Woo, this episode wasn't supposed to be about this, but here we are. I'm just going to let spirit lead me. But I'm a woman. So, I need to like I need to feel like a woman sometimes. And as I am single and ready to mingle. As I am single, I have to, you know, still make sure that I see myself at the very least. Like I got to see me. If nobody else is seeing me, I got to see me. So in all the ways that I'm seeing me, I'm seeing me as vulnerable. I'm seeing me as bold. I'm seeing me as brilliant. I'm seeing me as beautiful. And I also need to see me as sexy. So my self-care share is turn on some Sierra body party. Stand in the mirror, the mirror, not even the mirror, the mirror, get in the mirror and you know what I'm saying? Just do some choreographed dancing. Can can I say that? Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, dance for yourself. It's a thing. Because you're a woman. <laughs> Unless you're not a woman. Then you are whoever you are. But even you. Even, even those who are, you know, 
not a woman. You still got to see yourself, even if you're single and ready to mingle. So that is my recommendation for the self-care share today. Get in the mirror, grind your body parts and, you know, twerk, you know, work on figuring out how to isolate your butt cheeks (laughs) in the mirror. I'm going to end there. That's self-care share. Y'all, my name is Ebony Janice. I am your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. I give y'all free things all the time but i want to tell you the ways that you can support me if you're not already subscribed to my patreon community where i am both the personal pastor and your personal professor you can learn in a deeper way in community with me over there at patreon patreon.com forward slash ebony janice e-b-o-n-y-j-a-n-i-c-e and or listen ebonyjanice.com there are so many different ways to be in touch with me if you're not following me on social media at ebony janice on twitter or instagram i'm always talking about other ways that you can support me and my work and the work of black girl mixtape and the work of this hip-hop womanist theology methodology ideology that i am spreading to the earth as a part of my ministry, my mission, my message, my mother. I'm sorry. I was trying to, you know, alliteration. It's a thing. That's all for this episode. I will be back again soon and steadily. And we will talk more about how I am who your favorite rappers, favorite rapper. Tell your mama, tell your aunties, tell your cousins. They need to be listening to this podcast. Peace.